Right, Wall fans, welcome to not only another exciting edition of Go Tell It to the Wall podcast, but episode 50 of Go Tell It to the Wall podcast. Some might call it a, a milestone, a banner episode. We'll see if it's a banner episode by the time we get to the end. Who knows? We could just be off the rails for the entire thing. But it is episode 50. We're going to have some fun tonight. We do have the live stream going as per usual. So stick around. Join us. If you're only listening to the audio and you feel like, you know, you got to go do something else, hit pause. But listen to the entirety of episode 50 because we're going to have some fun tonight. All right, let's kick things off. If you're not if you're not already aware, I am your host, the one and only Sean O'Rourke coming at you with Go Tell to the Wall podcast. And let's get into some social plugs. Social plugs. This is where you can find us. Connect with us on social platforms. First place to do that would be facebook.com slash go tell to the wall. That is if you have not deleted your Facebook account just yet. We, ha- uh, we still have a presence on there. We'll see as things come out here. Maybe we will no longer have a presence by the next episode. But we're still up there. Facebook.com slash go tell to the wall. Also, follow us on Twitter. We're using Twitter so much more. At Tell the Wall Pod and at Magic Muppet. Follow both of those accounts. All kinds of awesome stuff going up there daily. So check it out. And, of course, our YouTube channel. Just go to YouTube. Search Go Tell to the Wall. Make sure you subscribe. The funny thing is, and I realized I am guilty of this myself, I don't actually subscribe to a lot of channels. I went through and I looked at my subscription. I was subscribed my subscriptions. I was subscribed to two channels on YouTube. And I was like, oh, maybe this is why people don't subscribe to my channel. Because, like, that's a thing. You don't actually subscribe. Just watch videos. And I can see that from the views. But we need the actual subscribers. We need people to actually subscribe. Even if you don't watch the video, just go on subscribe. And I get this question all the time. Do I have a YouTube account? Yes, you have a YouTube account. Do you have a, do you have a Google account? You got a YouTube account. Just just go to YouTube, subscribe, do it. And most importantly, most importantly, above all of those things, not really above, but inclusive of all of those things is SeanRourkeLive.com. Head on over there. You can get links to all of those those platforms that I just mentioned, as well as Patreon uh, and some additional exclusive content that is up on the website. So check us out there, SeanRourkeLive.com as well. As I mentioned, it's episode freaking 50. That's right. It's a bit of a milestone, you know? We've done more than 50 episodes because of specials and all that other kind of stuff, but we're recognizing it because we've hit a bit of a milestone with episode 50. So we're going to have some fun tonight. And in fact, I want to start start episode 50 with some thank yous. That's right, because we are at episode 50. I want to give some thank yous to all of our patrons. All of our patrons. We don't have a ton of them, but we have some. Patrons, if you're not familiar, these are people that literally financially support the podcast, the YouTube channel, and everything else. So, uh, first and foremost would be Bridget. Bridget and her husband, Chris. Uh, And as you know, if you are an avid Go Tell to the Wall listener, Bridget also serves as our on-air producer. Chris is kind of our pseudo-facts and statistics guy. He's able to just kind of pull those things out. And in addition to actually helping us out, physically helping us out with the podcast, they they financially support the podcast through Patreon. Uh, Of course, we have number one wall fan, Darshan. That's right. Darshan is also a patron in addition to being number one wall fan. She is a patron of the show supporting us. And of course, we have Kevin, who I've talked about many times, many times. Uh, He is also a patron and big fan of the show and helps us out. In fact, I'm going to shout him out again when we talk about the beer. We'll get into that shortly. Of course, we have Perry, who is a big fan of the show and patron. Seth 
who is also a big fan of the show and patron. And Joan, who has actually joined us on the live feed this evening, is a patron and big fan of the show. So thank you to all of our patrons out there for literally financially supporting the show. It's not easy and cheap to do these things, you know. And, and in fact, Joan's bringing up a good point here on the live feed about deleting Facebook and the concern is all that, and I always joke about this on the podcast, the concern is always like privacy things and I'm like, what are you, what are you, you seeing my pizza order? Like, you know, that's the thing. If you're really not doing a lot of sketchy things out there, <laughs> you don't have a ton to worry about and that's kind of the kind of the bucket that I fall into and I would imagine most of our common sensors fall into that same category. So, so really, we can all calm down. We'll be following it closely, but we can calm down a little bit on the deleting of the Facebook. Uh, I also want to recognize other supporters of the show who may not necessarily be supporting financially because you don't have to. This is all free. This content that I put out is free. You can view it. You can listen to it for free. It's amazing how that works. But we do have other people that support the show uh, in other ways, whether it's content, whether it's just supporting me, whatever it might be. And I want to recognize those people. That would be Jeff, who we have mentioned many times on the podcast. Jeff, who has, who really helped us to launch the podcast and kind of get things off the ground. So thank you to you, Jeff, uh, as well as Art, who is a good friend of mine. I have been friends with Art since the third grade, and he was feverishly, we'll get into a little bit more of that, feverishly tweeting at Mark Hoppus today, trying to get him on board and to become a common censor and all that good stuff. Uh, and I don't want to say most importantly, because it's not, all of these supporters and patrons are extremely important to the show, uh, but I do need to recognize my brother and sister-in-law, Dante and Mary, uh, who are huge proponents of the show, and in fact, they were the ones that really pushed me to to finally get things off the ground and, 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 and actually do the podcast and get the channel launched and everything else. And this one, I, I'm confident I can say most importantly would be my wife, Diana, for putting up with all of the crap. All of the crap that, that goes into to me prepping this show, prepping, prepping, like I do a lot of work to prep the show, but prepping the show and getting ready and getting into that mindset to come and sit in here every Thursday and, and yell at a wall for an hour. So thank you to all of you and especially my wife, Diana, for all the support you've given over the past year and a half. We're a year and a half into this crazy adventure that is Go Tell to the Wall podcast, and we're going to keep chugging along. Hopefully we'll be having a similar doing some similar thank yous and, and everything else and celebrating once we hit episode 75 and then 100 and everything else. And remember, I can't remember. Bridget will remind me later what the stipulations were. But if we get enough patrons, we will be having a whiskey episode and we will be throwing a special party for all of our patrons. So if you want to get in on the whiskey episode, you want to get in on that party, head on over to Patreon, support Go Tell to the Wall podcast. But again, thank you everyone who has supported the podcast, and I've talked about this before, it seems easy. You know, it really does, but there's a lot of stress that goes into to coming in here and talking to everyone for an hour and, and going live for an hour. You know, it, it's, it's a little more difficult than, than kind of the little interstitials that we do and everything else, and it's that support that keeps this podcast moving, financially, physically supporting, and just emotionally supporting, whatever it might be. So thank you to all of you, and of course, thank you to all of the Wall fans out there who listen to it all Five to 10,000 of you that we average uh, for each episode. So thank you to all of you. Uh, yeah, I believe it was 50 patrons that we needed to hit for the party. Whiskey episode might have been 25. I didn't do as much for the whiskey episode. That might be because I'm a little motivated to just do the whiskey episode, despite the fact that it will be immediately off the rails. Uh, but I'm kind of excited to do a whiskey episode. But we do need to hit that threshold 
before we do the whiskey episode. All right, moving along. Beer this week. Beer this week. I told you I was going to shout him out again. My good friend Kevin. Good friend Kevin. Patron of the show. Common Sensor. He actually, last weekend, brought me just ran- randomly. I mean, he, he does this. He, he's brought beer for the show a couple times. But brought me a nice little four-pack of Firestone Walker uh, Wookus. Wookus. That's right. You heard it right. I'm not. This is not a. I mean, well, it's not a go tell us the wall made up word, but the Wookus. The Wookus. So check them out. If you're in California, you can probably get this one. I don't know how how much of you, how easy it is to get outside of California, but I'm thoroughly enjoying it. I'm a big Firestone Walker fan. 805. If you've never had it, it's a fantastic daytime beer. Check them out. Uh, but the Wookus is conveniently enough. An Imperial Black IPA. They actually, instead of just being a black IPA, they called it an Imperial Black IPA. And for some reason, I think the black IPA is kind of the new, it's it's, it's going to come up and replace these hazy IPAs and what used to be the Goza, and that's it's the new hot thing because I'm seeing tons of them. We've done some beer reviews with them. Um, so check them out. I'm enjoying it. This is not close to stout like a lot of other black IPAs are where you, you don't get a lot of that hoppiness. For example, this is not something I would give to my wife. And and tell her to to give take a sip of it because it's it's definitely hoppy. It's an IPA, but it's a little, it's slightly smoother than than your typical IPA and has a little bit of a spicy kind of aftertaste undertone to it. Uh, so thank you, Kevin, for providing the beer for episode fifty, and I'm thoroughly enjoying it. Wookus, and if if you have the means, check it out. Even if you're not a beer fan, simply for the art on the can, I'm I'm holding it up for the the live feed guys here. They actually had a, a an established artist. Uh, create this this new graphic for the can for for Wookus. So check them out. Firestone Walker out of Central Coast, California. Love them. Big fan. Oh, if you haven't had them, it's good stuff. It's good stuff. I will warn everyone. Uh, it's sitting at a little higher than than your typical IPA. It's sitting at about eight point two percent alcohol content, uh, and they are in the sixteen ounce cans, which I absolutely love. The sixteen ounce cans. I was thinking about it today, and I was like, can we just start putting all beer in sixteen ounce cans? You know, and this is. Like, maybe it's because I have big hands. I'm like, no, I want a bigger can. No. Let's do the bigger cans. You know, you go into the pub, you order a pint, it's 16 ounces. Let's start putting beer in 16-ounce cans. All right, moving along. Let's start the show 10 minutes in. That's the opening, wall fans. That's the opening. I know. There's really no sections to this show. I don't know why I pretend there's sections. It's just me ranting and yelling at a wall. You should see some of the still photos that come out of here. I... I was sorting through some still photos because I shoot still images just on a time lapse for every episode. And there was one where I was li- like literally yelling at a wall. We'll have to share that one on social media here soon. And it's literally like just me yelling at a wall. But that's what it is. We're telling it to the wall. Let's get in some social here. Oh, some social media. I'm not going to talk about delete Facebook. I'm, I'm going to tell everyone right now. Uh, and the only reason I'm not is because everyone's seeing everything that's going on out there. I think it's something to, to keep track of, something to watch. Uh, but I, I'm not going to talk about it because I'm not going to pretend to be an expert on, on privacy settings and all that kind of stuff. I'm just not. I'm, I'm just not. However, I am going to talk about YouTube. And we need to give them a little round of applause, a little good on you, YouTube. Because what they did just announced uh, this week, which and this had actually previously been announced. It's just they acted upon it this week. And what they did was they have banned most of the gun videos that are going up onto YouTube. Banned them. Removed them. Remove some channels, ban them. Um, now, you might say it's a little extreme. It's not every YouTube video that has a gun in it. I can tell you that. In fact, I have a, a short film that I produced uh, in film school years and years and years ago when I was in film school that featured a gun. I think it's still up on YouTube, but it wasn't like a 
you know, wasn't a dude teaching how to modify a gun. And that's what they've gotten to, YouTube, is they're pulling these videos uh, mostly of people that are showing how to modify a gun, how to modify it, you know. And I, 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 here's the thing is I don't care enough about guns to really educate myself on it. All I know is that gun looks scary. No one needs to own that gun to protect their family. Why are, why are people owning these guns? So I'm not going to, you know, I never get into those details, but I know that that's a big thing, modifying the guns, making them semi-automatic and all that other kind of stuff. So YouTube is removing all of those videos. In fact, they have already removed tons of them. And they're getting some backlash from, of course, from gun lovers who are like, oh, you're, this is crazy. You're, why, why, do gun, why do we have to have gun videos on YouTube? We don't. We just don't. And in addition to that, they're removing anything, any videos that are like trying to sell guns, even if it's kind of, you know, I don't want to say subconsciously, but quietly trying to sell you guns, even if it's not like, 1999, buy this murder weapon. No, no, no. They're, anything that's kind of, you know, hinting towards selling guns, they're removing those as well. So good on you, YouTube. I love that. The interesting thing I found about this and this, all of you gun lovers out there, which, you know, there's probably not a lot listening to this podcast. I think I scared the majority of them off at this point. <sighs> The gun lovers, you know, it's, <laughs> but if you're still out there listening and you want to get to these videos, you know, all those videos that you're watching of some idiot sitting in his garage, making a gun more murderous than it should be in the first place. Not that it wasn't murderous to begin with, but if you, if, if you're just, you have an itch for those videos, what they're doing is all these, these, these gun bloggers and these, these gun enthusiasts that have videos on YouTube, they're actually moving those videos on over to Pornhub. That's right, Pornhub. If you're not familiar with Pornhub, I'm not really familiar with it. I just know it's a place you can go and down, you can download or watch. I don't know. You, you get pornography, and because no one else wants to 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 be a platform for these videos, they have no other choice but then to go to Pornhub. Uh, so while you're watching your pornography, you can also learn how to 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 I don't know modify a gun and make it more murderous. I don't. Yeah, that's a thing. Guns just never interested. Like it never interested me. It's not like I see the appeal of like I've shot guns. I trust me, I get it. I've owned a gun. I've literally owned a gun in my life. I realized I didn't need to own a gun and I got rid of it. But so I get it to an extent. But Jesus, like the the enthusiasm that goes behind these gun owners and these gun it's just it's amazing to me. I don't get it. I don't get it. Clearly trying to replace something. Some people out there got that one. In fact, they've there's a little accessory. Go do a little googling. I didn't even put it on this, but it would be similar to the to an accessory that men uh, tend to put on their uh, put on their trucks. They actually have a similar accessory. You know, you might have seen these if you're driving behind someone. You know, real redneck guy with a with a uh, Confederate flag on the back of his truck. He's probably got a little something hanging from the the back little uh, the hitch there, the the trailer hitch. You know, whatever it might be. Uh, and they have something similar for guns. They have something similar for guns, so check that out. We're not going to talk too much about it. I'm not going to share those kind of videos or anything. Oh, it is definitely replacing something. Oh, more social media. Orange Menace at it again. Orange Menace. Man. And here's the thing. I'm just not even surprised anymore. Like, I don't even get surprised anymore at the stuff, the stuff that this guy spews out onto Twitter. But it's getting to the point where Twitter needs to do something about it. It's time to suspend this guy's account. It really is, and we get you hear all these things about cyberbullying, you know, and making threats on social platforms. And it's literally what this guy is doing, and it's one thing to say, well, everyone's doing that; they're making threats. Not the president 
of the United States of America, the so-called president of the United States of America, just spewing hate on Twitter. And if you're not familiar with this one, the Orange Menace came out and tweeted a little something about Joe Biden. Joe Biden, our former vice president of the United States of America. And I'm not gonna I'm not gonna go this quote. I'm not gonna quote the entire tweet, but he basically said that he would beat the hell out of Joe Biden in a fight. So now we have our president threatening to to fight our former vice president and saying that he would drop him. Drop him. And this is the leader of our country, the supposed leader of our country, wall fans, making threats across social platforms. And as far as I'm concerned, Twitter, you have dropped the ball here. I don't care that he is the president, the so-called president of this country. You need to get your shit together and you need to ban him or you need to at the very least suspend him because he's clearly violating your rules. Clearly, we see many examples of that. People report it and they do nothing. They do nothing. So Jack, let's do something here. Because not only is it an embarrassment to us within the country, but it's an, we should be embarrassed as a country to the rest of the world to the rest of the world, to have someone spewing stuff like this on social platforms, standing in front of people, standing on stages and spewing this kind of stuff, it's an embarrassment. It's an absolute embarrassment. And I'm embarrassed to live in this country. I really am. Absolutely embarrassed to live in this country. Oh, gosh. Speaking of social, that's something I saw today. It's completely, completely off script. Completely off script. You know, you know what the, the conservatives are getting on now? You know what these assholes are getting on now? Because they all, oh, the, the school walkout. You got to walk up. We talked about that. I even pulled that clip and put it on YouTube. We talked about it. You know what they're saying now? I've seen a bunch of it today. The Because ne the next school walkout is on April 20th. So a bunch of conservative assholes are running around saying, oh, good job picking that date, kids. Tongue in cheek. Thinking they're, they picked that date so they could go smoke a bunch of pot. No, you assholes. They picked that date because that was the date of Columbine. That's why they picked that date. Don't try to diminish again. Diminish this and saying it's kids just wanting to skip school. No, 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 no. It's kids not wanting to get shot in their classroom. That's what it is. It's, and it's, cr it's crazy because there's so many more of them like beyond the orange menace doing this stuff. Trying to diminish the voices of the youth of this country. And it's amazing to me because it needs to stop. It needs to stop. Oh. And speaking of that, Joe Biden did, he did, he, Joe Biden has, has had his words. And I think he kind of stoked that fire with the orange menace. The difference is Joe Biden is now a civilian, you know, and maybe he was violating terms. He's, but he's now a civilian, not the president of the United States of America, not someone that we pay to rule our country, rule our country, to run our government, rule our country. That was a little Freudian slip there. Freudian slip. But I get, you know, it's, it's just amazing to me. It's just, it's amazing to me that we can continue to let this happen. And then all these conservatives spewing hate on, on social platforms. Oh, they picked it because they want to go get high. No, some, these two kids picked that back in the 90s because it was Hitler's birthday and they wanted to shoot up their school in Colorado. That's a difference. If it had been April 21st, they would have had school walk out on April 21st. Learn, you know, educate yourself a little before you start spewing hate on social media platforms. It's amazing to me. It's amazing to me. Uh, all right, let's have some fun with social media. <laughs> I, I, I promise we're going to have some fun. It's just the orange menace. And I, I got just, just so heated on that. It's like, what, really, before 20? <laughs> no, 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 my friend. No, no, no. Let's learn a little, you know, educate yourself a little bit. All right. So I have some fun stuff from social media platforms. That was making me laugh. 
some fun hashtags. We didn't have a lot last week, and we got some this week. So, first one I found. Hashtag millennial A quote. To be totally honest, I'm not sure what uh, they mean by millennial A quote, but it's essentially just millennial quotes. Um, and I would encourage you to check this one out. Go on Twitter and just search hashtag. These are the, I always bring these up because these are fun. You know, we need a little lightheartedness in our days, especially with everything that's going on in the world and the country these days. We need that. And this is one of those. So, so check it out. I'm going to go through a couple of them for you. Uh, hashtag millennial A quote. My favorite, my favorite that I found earlier when I was looking was, uh, frankly, my dear, I don't give it, give an Instagram. <laughs> if you're not familiar with that one, uh, go, you know, go watch some uh, AMC. But, uh, but I thoroughly enjoyed that one. Uh, and the other one I liked was, the only thing we have to fear is no Wi-Fi signal. Uh, or when they go low key, we go high key. Hashtag millennial a quote. I was enjoying these. I mean, that was still my favorite. I don't give an Instagram. I still my favorite. Uh, but check those out. You'll get a laugh. I promise you at least a little, uh, oh, and that's the other. This is one I always joke about, like, because this is my favorite. And I, I use millennial just kind of a, it's a generational thing. It's, you know, I don't, I don't believe in these, like, you're a Gen X or you're a Gen Y or you're, you know, it's, it's what, it's really just funny because it's kind of a, it's, it's like the, the youth, you know, it was, our parents were always like, what is this music? And I was like, when I was a kid, I was like, I'm never going to be that guy that's like, what is this music? And then I grew up and I'm like, what are you listening to? What are you wearing? Um, you know, do you? If, if that's what you're into, but I did enjoy this one too. God grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot even. Hashtag millennial a quote. Ah, uh, it's just there's so just so many gems, so many gems. Because that's the thing is I don't eat, like I don't even understand half this stuff. And here's one that I'm gonna get to right now that I don't fully understand. And this would be the hashtag millennial movie quotes. Movie quotes. So this is a little millennial spin on. Movie quotes, and my absolute favorite that I found on this thread was nobody puts bay in a corner. Hashtag millennial movie quotes. And if you're not familiar with Dirty Dancing, again, watch some AMC. Check out Dirty Dancing. I'm not a huge fan. I've seen the damn thing. You see Patrick Swayze and uh, uh, what's her name? She doesn't look like herself anymore, uh, but she was in that movie back in the 80s. So check them out. Uh, I laugh at that because... I still don't fully understand what a bay is. I, I've been told by others that it's like a girlfriend or boyfriend or something. I, I don't know. I don't know. Bay and fleek. That's a throwback for episode 50. There's a throwback to like so early on was Go Tell to All podcast where I was like, what the hell is a fleek? I don't know what a bay is. I still don't fully know what a bay is. I can't keep up with the kids. The kids are so much cooler than me these days. Jennifer Grey, thank you. She was the uh, the actress in uh, Dirty Dancing uh, alongside Patrick Swayze. Time of your life. If you haven't seen that, man, you haven't lived without seeing Dirty Dancing, that's definitely extreme. I don't know why I went that extreme on it, uh, but check out Dirty Dancing. I mean, you got to see Dirty Dancing. Yeah. All right, uh, one more fun hashtag for all of you wall fans and common sensors out there. Check it out. Would be hashtag Elvis or Beatles Kitchen. Elvis or Beatles Kitchen. You can see where this one is going. This is whether either Elvis song or Beatles song uh, to the tune of food kitchen stuff, you know, or kitchen kitchen tools like a whisk, whatever it might be. And my personal favorite that I saw on there was just so simple: yellow submarine sandwich. Hashtag. Elvis or Beatles Kitchen. 
Uh, another good one was Whisk and Shout. <laughs> Twist and Shout, Whisk and Shout. So check that one out when you need a little break from all the ridiculousness that is this country and this world and the idiots that live in this country and run this country. All right, that's enough of that. Before we go off the rails, Bridget is mentally telling me, stop. You're, you're going a little off the rails now. But we're still here, Wall fans, and I'm still enjoying my Wookus. I just like saying Wookus. I wish there was more beers called Wookus. Wookus. I was working on working on that pronunciation before I came in the studio. Wookus. 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 Wookus sounds even better. I don't know. I don't even know how it's pronounced. All right, let's get into some TV film books. Oh, here's another favorite of mine. TV film and what? Books. That's right. Books. So the first thing we're going to talk about is... A little book that came out from one of the writers of uh, John Oliver's talk show. John Oliver, if you're not familiar with him, check him out. He's hilarious. John Oliver, fantastic uh, comedian, talk show host. But if you haven't heard of this, uh, one of the right he actually kind of started this 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 title wave with this book. But it's one of his writers that actually wrote it. One of the writers for the John Oliver show. Um, I don't have her name right in front of me, and I feel uh, Jill Twist. Jill Twist, I meant to have her name right in front of me. She actually wrote the book. And if you're not familiar with this, it, this book was was written in response to to Mike Pence put out a book about their his family's pet bunny. His family's pet bunny, which I, I don't know much about the book, and there's nothing wrong with this. You know, you want to make a children's book, that's, that's fine. Uh, but if you're not familiar with Mike, Mike Pence, he, he's very closed-minded, very opposed to a lot of things that, that us progressives out there would, would, would say are hashtag common sense. Uh-huh. Hashtag common sense. Uh, and so because of that, John Oliver and his team put together a book in response to that bunny book. Uh, and it's called A Day in the Life of Marlon Bundo. And it's about a gay rabbit. It's about a gay rabbit. And, I've, you know, honestly, I haven't read the actual book. Uh, and it's tough to actually get right now. I believe it's only on pre-order um, but do you think even the pre-orders had sold out? And the interesting thing about this is, it's like I said, it's essentially trolling Mike Pence for his book and, and his beliefs and everything else. Uh, but on top of that, it's actually like the top-selling children's book right now on Amazon. Top-selling children's book on Amazon would be A Day in the Life of Marlon Bundo. So check him out. Check him out. Uh, I haven't ordered it yet, but I will be ordering it. I have a child at home, and I'm sure she will thoroughly enjoy that book, uh, as will I. So check that out. Amazon. Check them out on Amazon. That's it. That, you know, we only have books like once in a while. We don't have a lot of books on here, but that was one. That was one. Sometimes you get the awesome crossover that is uh, Ready Player One, and you can have book, film. Eh, that's rare, though. That's rare. All right, some more, some more news tidbits from, I guess this one's television film. I'm, I'm not sure, uh, but I put it in this section just because this is where it fits the best. Uh, so Frank Oz came out recently. If you're not familiar with the great and powerful Frank Oz, he is actually one of the masterminds behind The Muppets and Jim Henson Studios. He was Jim Henson's right-hand man, essentially, uh, voiced Muppets, uh, actually did the, the operation for a lot of Muppets back in the early days of the Muppets. He came out recently. Um, and as you know, if you're not familiar, you really should be. Jim Henson passed away back in the 90s. He's been, he's been gone uh, quite a while. And one of his sons, John, passed away a few years ago. 
so as far as Jim, the Jim Henson Studios, Jim Henson Company goes, like it's, it's pretty much Brian and I think one of the other siblings uh, running it as well. But Frank Oz has been around a long time, and, and he's just highly regarded, as he should be, as a legendary puppeteer when it comes to, to that kind of stuff. Groundbreaking. If you're not familiar with the Muppets, you need to hit yourself over the head. With a, no, I'm just kidding. Don't hit yourself over the head. But you should be familiar with the Muppets because the Muppets are the great, to me, one of the greatest things ever created. And the reason he's in the news is Disney, years and years ago, uh, purchased the Muppet Show Muppets. So they don't own all of the Muppets. They don't own, like, Fraggle Rock. I'm looking over at my Fraggle Rock stuff here. Uh, they don't own all the Muppet stuff, but they own the Muppet Show Muppets. So, like, Kermit, Miss Piggy, Fozzie, like the Muppet Show Muppets. And he came out, and, and not even in really a mean way, but said, you know what? Disney doesn't understand the Muppets. They don't understand how to handle them. And we've kind of seen that. They had a very successful feature film they put out a few years ago with Jason Siegel. Then they had a sequel to that film that really didn't do well, just did not do well. Uh, they tried to, to put a network show on ABC. I enjoyed the show simply because I'm a huge Muppets fan, uh, but that didn't do well either. And it's interesting because Frank Oz came out and said, you know, they don't understand the Muppets, and they don't understand the purpose of the Muppets, because the Muppets are this weird kind of, they're in their own category, I would say. Can you tell them a little passionate about the Muppets? They're in their own category. It's kids' entertainment, but it's also adult entertainment. It's very innuendous at times. It's always been like that. I've talked about Puppet Up on this podcast. Oh my God, raunchy, raunchy Muppets, you know? And Disney doesn't really grasp that, whereas Frank Oz grasped that because he watched the Muppets grow. Jim Henson grasped that. His sons grasped that because they watched it grow. They grew up in that. And Disney, it's not to say that they don't know what they're doing at all. Clearly, Disney knows what they're doing. But I think in this instance, they need to kind of go back to their roots on the Muppets. And the reason I bring that up is because Frank Oz, at the same time when he came out and said this stuff that Disney doesn't understand the Muppets, also pointed out that they have Disney has never approached him for any kind of tips, you know, any kind of advice when it comes to how the Muppets should be presented. And that's what gets me the most. Because as far as I'm, Jim Henson is no longer around, as far as I'm concerned, this is just the same as not going to Jim Henson and saying, and just, just be, and not that he should, Frank Oz should be running things, you know, but just be like, hey, what do you think? What do you think of this concept? You know? And that's what Disney's missing. And that's what's wrong with the Muppets right now as far as Disney is concerned, as far as I'm concerned, as far as a lot of people are concerned. That's what we need to get back to with the Muppets. So I'm hoping that this is going to kind of start a groundswell and we'll, we'll see them really get back to their roots with the Muppets because there's really there's no pop culture thing, no entertainment thing in this world that I love more than the Muppets. And that includes Kevin Smith. As much as I love Kevin Smith, he does, he, he, he does not surpass the Muppets. Does not. My favorite thing. Absolutely. I don't want to see him do better. Let's do better, Disney. Let's do a little better. Uh, all right. So I have some uh, some sad news that a lot of people really aren't just aren't even going to understand. But this just came out today. No, maybe yesterday. Past couple days. Uh, and this would be a uh, a rest in peace to Frank Avruch. Avruch. Avruch or Avruch. I don't even know if I'm pronouncing it correctly. Uh, he was 89 years old and passed away this week. Now, that name may not sound familiar to you, but I will tell you a name that may sound familiar to you, and that would be Bozo the Clown. That's right. So Frank actually played Bozo the Clown on television from 1959 to 1970. 
So he wasn't the original Bozo the Clown. However, he was the Bozo the Clown when Bozo the Clown was syndicated nationwide. So that was the Bozo that you were seeing nationwide. Uh, now, this hit me personally. Um, I, I, you know, not like I got super sad. I mean, the guy's 89. You know, if I make it to 89, I'll be super happy. I just, like, you know, so he lived a great life. Um, and he, he also had, he also hosted some other television shows in, in the Boston area. Um, not, not anything I'm familiar with simply because I, you know, as much as I'm a Boston fan, I never actually lived there. So I, you know, this, this one was over my head. Uh, but he did pass away this week. Um, so rest in peace, Frank Avrich. And, uh, we just remember, I mean, Bozo the Clown, I grew up with Bozo the Clown. I don't, you know, if anyone else out there did, uh, Bozo the Clown was really big in Chicago. It was really big in Chicago. They played it on WGN. Uh, so I, I, in my early childhood, watched a lot of it on WGN in Chicago. And then kind of in my, my later childhood, it would, WGN was a nationally syndicated channel. I believe it still is. Uh, and on the occasion that I'd be up at 5 in the morning, uh, I could, I, that was the thing I turned on was Bozo the Clown, uh, even as a teenager, like where I wouldn't be watching Bozo the Clown usually, but it was that nostalgia behind it. Uh, so for those of you that are Bozo the Clown fans, uh, rest in peace, Frank Avrich, and, uh, and you know, I never knew of him personally, uh, but that stuck with me because of Bozo the Clown. Bozo the Clown. All right, we're moving along to this one, and I've been sitting on this one for a couple weeks. Just kind of waiting for somewhere to put it in. Waiting. I always do that. I'm like, I act like I sit here and I script this. No, 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 no. There's like, I have like th three bullet points for an entire episode. Uh, but I have known about this for a couple weeks and finally decided to just get it out there because a, a big, longer trailer dropped. And if you're not familiar with this, and especially if you're an 80s kid like myself, you should be kind of excited about it. I don't know. I, it's weird because I don't know how excited I am about it. Uh, however, there's a new television, there's a new series coming out i think have we gotten away from television now because this one isn't actually going to even be on television new series coming out called cobra kai cobra kai now if you're alive in the 80s you know exactly what i'm talking about this would be the cobra kai from the karate kid movies the karate kid trilogy that happened in the 80s so youtube has resurrected resurrected uh cobra kai cobra kai and they've created a series that's going to be on YouTube Red called Cobra Kai. And it features the original actor that played Daniel and the original actor that played Johnny, who was the Cobra Kai kind of super bad guy. Although you can actually find some theories on YouTube that, that point out that Johnny was actually the good guy and Daniel was, was not the good guy. Depends where you want to go on that one. Barney Stinson says Johnny was the good guy. It's a movie about Johnny. There's a deep, like... Bridget and Chris got that one. They're like, oh yeah, I remember that. <laughs> sometimes I'm just like, sometimes it's a joke for like three wall fans. I'm like there's a, there's a joke for the three of you. That's one of them. Barney Stinson, Cobra Kai. Yeah. Oh, all right. So anyway, I bring this up because I don't know if I'm excited about it. Uh, I would like to see it. Uh, but it's interesting because it is on the YouTube Red platform. If you're not familiar with YouTube Red, it costs you $9.99 a month. Or nine ninety five, nine ninety nine, or nine ninety five. What's the difference? Four cents. I act like four cents is nothing, but is that nine ninety five or nine ninety nine? It's one of those two uh, that you can actually subscribe to YouTube Red, and you will get content like this Cobra Kai series that's coming out. Now I've known about YouTube Red; it's been around for quite a while. I've never, ever, ever been even close to motivated to 
to subscribe to YouTube Red. Yeah, they have they have a movie starring Logan Ryan on. So clearly, Logan Logan Ryan Logan Paul. <laughs> this is what happens when you have a politician named Paul Ryan, and then you have a, a football player on your team named Logan Ryan. Like I, it's just Logan Paul. He's in a movie that's on the YouTube Red. So clearly, I'm not going to give them money because they're giving Logan Paul money. I am interested to see what's going to go on with this Cobra Kai trailer. So check that one out. Look forward to it. If you're an '80s kid, you're probably at least semi excited about this. So check it out. You can get YouTube Red free for a month. They make you put it in your credit card. Just remember to cancel. That's the key. Always cancel. I've done this many times. I've done so many times. I'm like, I have had Showtime free for a month. I've had HBO free for a month. If anyone out there uh, hasn't used up their free Showtime trial, let me know because I got to catch up on Shameless. I don't have that Showtime stuff. Uh, all right. The thing I am most excited about tonight. Well, most excited about when it comes to TV, film, and books. Something just dropped today. That would be a new trailer for Deadpool 2. That's right. We have talked about Deadpool 2. Deadpool is by far my favorite movie film in the Marvel Cinematic Universe, and Deadpool 2 is coming out very, very soon, and a new trailer dropped today. The significance of the trailer that dropped today, because we've known a lot of things, you know, we know Brolin was going to be in there as Cable, but big, long trailer dropped today that features what we kind of all knew was coming, because I'm not a comic book guy myself, uh, but I was into the X-Men a bit as a kid, so I'm familiar with the X-Men, uh, and and Deadpool kind of being a pseudo X, X-Man, X-Men, uh, you know, whatever, uh, and, and leading what they called a team when it came to that called X-Force, and they have revealed with that newest trailer that X-Force will be featured in the movie. Deadpool is building that team of X-Force, and even more importantly than that, more importantly than the fact that we are getting X-Force in Deadpool 2 is the fact that Terry Crews, we now officially know, will be in Deadpool 2. He is playing one of the X-Force members in Deadpool 2. I'm not going to try to give you his actual name because I can't remember all of the characters' names, but the great Terry Crews will be in Deadpool 2. If you didn't, if you need another reason to go see it, there it is. Terry Crews, champion of, of, of advocating anti-sexual assault in Hollywood, that was really long get around to that. But, you know, Terry Crews, we've talked about him so many times. One of the coolest actors. I'll tell you, we are big Terry Crews fans here at Go Tell Us the Wall Podcast, and he's going to be in Deadpool 2. And if we weren't excited enough about Deadpool 2, uh, now we are just even more excited about Deadpool 2. So check that out. Get your tickets in advance. Get your tickets. Come on, Deadpool 2 coming out soon. All right, let's move on to some music. Music. Oh, music. Oh, yes. I got one little, uh, one and a half little tidbits for you on music here. If you didn't see the news that dropped this week, this week, one of the favorite bands of Go Tell to Wall podcast, Blink-182 has announced a Las Vegas residency. That's right. If you don't know what a Las Vegas residency is, that means somebody's in Vegas and they're playing multiple shows over a certain period of time. Now, Blink is not doing like a weekly, everyday type show thing like I believe Britney Spears is doing, but they are doing a 16-date residency at the Palms in Las Vegas. That's right, the Palms in Las Vegas. They're going to be kicking that off in May, and they have some shows in May and June. Then they take a little bit of a break, and then they get back into it in October for a total of 16 shows in Vegas at the Palms. And something I 
literally didn't realize until I'm saying it out loud, something that we have been hoping for and I have been pushing for and hoping for. This could be a good thing, could be a bad thing, but a lot of people have been pushing for Blink-182 to play on the Warp Tour this year, which will be the final Warped Tour, National Tour, and hopefully this doesn't cut into that. I'm literally just realizing it as I'm saying it because I'm going to talk about Warped Tour again in a second. But hopefully that means they have that little break in there to actually jump onto the Warp Tour and do some Southern California dates because I plan on being at, at at least one of the Southern California dates for Warped Tour. Uh, but if you're a Blink fan like myself, like a lot of fans are of Go Tells the Wall podcast, check them out in Vegas uh, at the Palms starting in May and ending in November. And in fact, their last show will be on November 17th. So if any of you wall fans or common sensors out there are trying to get, you know, trying to come up with birthday ideas for yours truly, the one and only Sean work. Uh, yeah, my birthday's November 17th or November 18th, 17th. Can't even remember when birthday. No, my birthday's November 18th. So, you know, so November 17th show in Vegas. Perfect. If you're trying to come up with birthday present idea, no, I'm just kidding. Oh, uh, and one more thing on music is Warp Tour. It is coming up rapidly. It is rapidly approaching. Get your tickets no matter what city you're in. It is a national, nationwide tour, and there will be multiple shows here in Southern California. They, they will have at least one in San Diego. I imagine they will have maybe two in San Diego, Orange County, and there's always a couple up here in the L.A. area. We get an L.A. one, and then we get like a Ventura one that's, that's totally accessible. Uh, so get your tickets. I will be at at least one of those Southern California shows. I 100% absolutely promise you, uh, considering that Warp Tour really shaped my, uh, I don't know, not completely shaped, but really had a big hand in shaping my adolescence. That's what I did as a teenager. Went to concerts, like crappy punk rock shows. That, that was like, what the, that's what we did. San Diego, that's what you did. You went to crappy punk rock shows. You know, maybe you're paying a bunch of money to go see... Well, see, when I was a teenager, Blink was barely big when I was a teenager. Maybe you're paying a bunch of money to go see, like, Bad Religion or something, or you're paying a dollar to go see some crappy punk rock, punk rock band that you had just heard of and your friend dragged you to. Been there. Oh, yeah. Been there. All right, let's get on some tech. Let's get into some tech. I actually have some good tech this week. Some good tech. Uh, some just announced today, and I know this because I just got the email today. Happened to be a user of their products and so I got an email today and then a bunch of news broke so Nest announced and we knew this was coming but they officially announced their smart doorbell uh, is available for pre-order in addition to that I've talked about smart doorbell before uh, in addition to that they have unveiled their smart lock their Yale smart lock that's right it's a smart lock and this one actually is coded has a little code to get in uh, and still has a little deadbolt uh, so you have the advantage of being able to unlock it remotely uh, and also giving people a code so that they can use that to unlock it. Uh, now, I think this is good. It's getting kind of mixed reviews. If, if you're out there and you're in the market for a smart lock, it's getting mixed reviews. I and I haven't looked into it too, too closely, uh, but honestly, I think there's other better smart locks out there. However, uh, CNET and some others have come out and said, well, there might be better locks, but if you're already in kind of the Nest family, then this is the way to go because you're, you're already using the Nest products. And, and personally, we talked about the, uh, the Nest temperature sensor that, that just got unveiled last week. We talked about that last episode. Uh, I, we have Nest cams around the house. Um, I have a ring doorbell, but I have Nest cams all over the house and then a Nest thermostat. Uh, so, so personally, for, for me, th this kind of fits right into that bucket of, of Nest products. 
Um, but check them out. If you're if you're a Nest user, this is probably the one for you. If not, check out some other ones. I, I was actually at a friend's house uh, a couple weeks ago looking at one of the, uh, and he really loved it. One of the quick set uh, smart locks. One of the quick set smart locks. Still a, still a uh, deadbolt lock and everything else. So check that out if you're in the market for a smart lock. That might be one of your options as well. Uh, so we got some news from GoPro. GoPro. If you're not familiar with GoPro, you should be. They make action cameras. I got a GoPro sitting here right now as I'm recording this. It's shooting time-lapse still photos. Those are photos that go onto to Patreon and all that other good stuff. I'm also just realizing we didn't have uh, I don't have my camera plugged into uh, to direct power here. So we're going to get that plugged in before uh, we lose power there. All right, that's a little better. Anyway, GoPro. Uh, they have announced their, their licensing... Uh, their lenses and, and some of their other hardware to a third-party company called Jabil. Jabil. Now, when I first saw this, I was super excited because I was like, oh my gosh, they're going to, we're going to have third-party companies creating cameras with their tech that's probably going to be a little little less expensive. Because uh, if you've ever seen GoPro, and they have them, every, they have them like a Target. You're talking like $600 for, for this, uh, this action camera. Um, and in, in some cases, well worth it, but really it's expensive. So I was like, oh, cool, we're going to get high-quality cameras because there's other off, I don't want to say off-brand because it's not like GoPro owns the, the, the market on, on action cameras, but you know, there's other brands out there just not quite as good. Uh, however, as I looked further into this, it looks like what they're doing is they're licensing this to Jabil, and it's mainly going to be for enterprise. So we're going to see a lot of this tech going into like uh, body cameras that police officers wear, uh, surveillance cameras and that kind of stuff. So you're going to see a lot of that popping up, which doesn't seem that exciting to, to the consumers out there, to like you and me and everything else. But it does mean we're going to see higher quality stuff coming out of these body cams and everything else. So that's kind of exciting. And we'll see where that goes. You know, maybe GoPro will continue to license out their stuff and we will see kind of inexpensive versions of, of GoPro cameras. Uh, I'm not holding my breath. <laughs> they they really they do control the market to an extent, you know. It it's GoPro is like Kleenex and Band Aids, you know. They were kind of the first high quality and the best that came out. And so now, every anytime anyone sees an action camera, oh, you got a GoPro, you got a GoPro, like it's you know, it's like you say, can I get a Kleenex? Like, no, no, it's a tissue. Can I get a Band Aid? No, no, it's a it's a bandage. Band Aid's a brand. Kleenex is a brand. GoPro's a brand, and we're kind of in that same world. Nothing wrong with that, uh, but that that's just kind of where we are. And good on them for doing it. Man, good on them. All right, a little more tech news. Uh, if you didn't see this one, we had an accident in Arizona. We. There was an accident in Arizona uh, with one of the autonomous Uber cars that they've been testing out in many cities. And and uh, I believe, I think it was Phoenix, one of the cities in Arizona. They're, they're testing them out in, uh, I think, Pittsburgh was one of the other areas. And they're testing out these autonomous Uber cars. If you don't know what I mean by autonomous, it's driverless cars. Driverless cars. They had an accident where a young lady was killed in Arizona. Killed about a week ago in Arizona. And I bring this up because I've said this many times on the podcast. People are so dumb. Like, think about the intelligence of people in this country that elected the Orange Menace to office. And you want to give them cars that drive themselves? I mean, seriously, wall fans. Think about this. Like, people can't even drive cars themselves, and you're trusting computers to drive cars and, and not kill people? And I said it a while ago when this first came out. Someone's going to get killed. Someone's going to get hurt. Well, someone got killed, and Uber has suspended testing these these uh, autonomous Uber cars 
because they realize it's not a good idea. It's not a good idea. You know, and computers are great. Digital technology is great. But they're still not, computers still aren't as smart as the dumbest human being. And think about how the dumbest human being drives a car. It's really all it is. Like, just stop, done. Let's stop the driverless cars. And maybe sometime in the future we'll hit that, where there's literally like tracks running around. You know, I've seen all, I saw a lot of movies in the 90s and drive, take me home, take me home, Jarvis. There's another joke for like two wall fans. Jervis. Hmm. All right. Uh, all right. One more thing. I just thought this was cool. This really isn't going to be affecting us necessarily on a daily basis just yet. Uh, but IBM, IBM uh, just unveiled what they are calling the world's smallest computer. Now, they do an event called Think, and this is IBM's own event where they unveil stuff. You know, Apple does this, Microsoft does Like, they all do this. Uh, and so at Think 2018... They unveiled this computer. It's a computer. I'm not going to get into details on it, but it's actually the smaller than a grain of rice. Smaller than a grain of rice. The interesting thing here is you might say, Whoa, why do we have these giant computers? Now, I want to tell everyone, this is packing about the computing power of a computer that, did, that you had in 1990, a desktop computer. So it's not the computing power of what we see in our cell phones and everything these days. However... To me, I, thought, I found this interesting because I think it's a big step forward. And they're going to continue trying to work on these smaller computers and packing all this computing power into smaller and smaller packages. So really, I think I bring this up because it's not impacting our lives right now. However, I think this is just the beginning. And we're going to see more and more and more of this as the years go by and as companies like IBM continue to innovate, you know, and continue to, to put out this kind of cool stuff and really just constant, constant, uh, upgrading and innovating, which I love. I always joke about that with, with tech and devices. Cause it's like, you know, your computer's obsolete as soon as you take it out of the box and whatever else. But there's that fine line where we want, like, I like seeing stuff like this. I, I really just personally, I thoroughly enjoy it. I just, I just do, you know, pack as much computing power as you can into this little grain of rice. It's amazing. It really is amazing. Uh, so big things coming from IBM. I'm sure. Uh, all right, let's get in a little common sense. Common sense. And we're actually not running over on time right now. That means I can have a sip of my Firestone Walker Wookus. And that nice 16-ounce can. That's right. All right, so a little common sense. All right, this week this one just came out. I actually found this one through People, uh, but I think it was kind of blowing up everywhere. Selena Gomez, if you're not familiar with her, she was a Disney Channel star. She's a recording artist, uh, actually, and really nice. I have, I've met her on multiple occasions. I've met her parents. Uh, I don't think I met, met her mother uh, on multiple occasions, uh, doing events with them when I, when I was doing my thing at Disney there uh, years and years ago. Uh, but great person. And you're probably familiar with her. She's, you know, she's been in the tabloids and that kind of stuff, and artists and actress and everything else. And um, she... I don't want to say she was getting some slack. She got in the news this week because what happened was she was vacationing. And I can't remember where it was she was vacationing. Vacationing somewhere this past summer, um, like somewhere tropical, you know, Hawaii, like that type of thing, on the, on the beach, on the water. And she had taken some photos of her wearing a bikini, you know, just random photos. What happened was, apparently, because I don't follow, like, I, you know, I knew her years ago. Like, I, I remember when she was, like, 
little. She was a little kid. You know, this is how long ago I was working at Disney when when uh, Wizards of Waverly Place first came on uh, Disney Channel. And that was my first, and, th- and I'd been at Disney for a while. So, I mean, that should go to tell you. Uh, but she, uh, you know, she's a little young girl. Now she's turned into an adult. She's 25 years old now. You know, she dated Justin Bieber for a long time. We're not gonna, I'm not going to get into that background. But apparently she's put on some weight from what she used to be. In addition to that, she had a kidney transplant uh, recently. A friend of hers gave her a kidney because she needed a kidney transplant. And because of this little bit of extra weight she put on, people were giving her a hard time and started body shaming her on social media platforms. Body shaming her. And I found this interesting because we don't usually talk about stories like this on the podcast. I mean, we do if it's body shaming and that kind of stuff, but we, you know, we're not talking about Selena Gomez and, and, and these kind of stars. You know, We don't talk about the Kardashians and all that kind of stuff. Uh, but I found this interesting, and I looked through, and I looked at these photos, and I was like, you got to be kidding me. You've got to be kidding me that they're looking at this and saying, wow, you've put on weight. Why are you taking pictures of yourself in a bikini? Now, this is, let, let's, let's start it here. This is not important to the conversation. However, I looked at the photos, and she looks fantastic. I think she looks fantastic. Looks great. Take all the photos you want of yourself in a swimsuit. Even if she didn't look fantastic, take all the damn photos that you want of yourself in a swimsuit you want. Whatever. Who cares? This is nobody's business. She's on vacation. Just because she's posting to a social platform, she's not there to appease you, boys and girls. She's not. She's not doing this for you. She's doing it for her. Think about yourself and all your stupid little Instagram photos of your stupid Denny's Grand Slam plate. Yeah, she's a normal person. She's not putting this out there for you, for your entertainment. And even beyond that, who cares? Find something better to do. That's what I say. Find something better to do. Look in the mirror and ask yourself why you are body shaming a young lady who's just out there having fun. Just out there having fun. And caveat on top of that, she looks fantastic. She looks fantastic. I saw these photos. She looks, fanta- like, she looks great. Give me a break. Give me a break. It's unbelievable. Ugh. <clears throat> All right, we have some news. We have some news that just came out in the past week or so. And that would be something coming out because of the Toys R Us closure that we talked about on the last episode. And that would be KB Toys. So apparently the parent company that owns the KB Toy name has come out and said that they are going to do some pop-up stores in the coming months. Most likely around the holidays. Because there's a lot of toy stock out there that for Toys R Us and for others that had been ordered and everything else. And it's still out there. So KB Toys is going to do some pop-ups. They're working with... Other companies have done these pop-up stores to get tips and all that kind of stuff. So, if you were also a KB kid like I was, and let me tell you, wall fans, my very, very, very first Ninja Turtle action figure, which was Splinter, very first Ninja Turtle action figure, came from KB Toys at a, at a mall in San Diego. And I'll never forget that. My very, very, very first Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle action figure came from KB Toys. So I got a soft, soft, soft spot for KB Toys. Uh, shout out to Wallfan Common Sensor that I didn't mention at the top of the show, for God's sake, but I've mentioned many times. Justin, we actually talked about this when we did our little expedition to McLeod Brewing Company that I talked about on the last podcast. We were talking about Toys R Us, and he was like, well, what about KB? They're gone, right? And it's, well, here you go. KB, KB Toys, coming back at least in the pop-up sense. Uh, more news on Toys R Us, actually. In addition to this coming out, that coming out this week, the, the resurgence of KB Toys uh, from a pop-up standpoint. It looks like there is somebody trying to save Toys R Us. 
the founder of Bratz, the Bratz Dolls, is working on a crowdfunded campaign to save Toys R Us. He is trying to buy all of their assets in bankruptcy sale and looking for more investors. Currently has like 200 million or something like that in investors uh, that he's got behind him, but looking for more and doing that through crowdfunding. So if you're interested in saving Toys R Us and you got some money to throw around, look for that. <clears throat> crowdfunded uh, investing to save Toys R Us. I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see. They need more. Um, all right. I got two more. And I think I'm going to tease that one because I'm going to talk a little bit more about that. A uh, little interesting news that came out of the Brewers Association. We've talked about them, the Craft Brewers Association. They have officially recognized uh, Hazy IPA as an official beer category. Hazy IPA, these have become super popular recently, and we're seeing a lot of them and everything else. And interestingly, they have recognized it as an official category when it comes to beer competitions and all that kind of stuff. And I found that extra interesting because, as you know, we have Go Tell It to the Brewery, uh, the playlist on our YouTube channel, the Go Tell It to the Wall YouTube channel. And interestingly enough, the Hazy IPA that we currently have up there is the most popular video by far. By far. It has the most views of all of the videos on there. Uh, so I found that interesting. We're going to see more of the hazy IPA. I am going to save my rant about what was going on in Austin recently. I'm going to save that for the next episode simply because we are running short on time. But again, episode 50, all of you out there, thank you for joining on the live feed. Thank you for listening at home. And again, thank you to our patrons, Bridget, Chris, Darshan, Kevin, Perry, Seth, and Joan, and our other supporters, Jeff, Art, Dante, Mary, my wife, Diana, and of course, who I missed at the top of the show, Justin, who is a big uh, close friend and big fan of the show. So thank you all for your support over the past year and a half. This has been episode 50 of Go Tell to the Wall podcast. If you're not aware, I am your host, the one and only Sean O'Rourke. Don't forget to follow us on Facebook, facebook.com slash go tell to the wall. On Twitter, at tell the wall pod, at Magic Muppet. Of course, search for us on YouTube. Look for Go Tell to the Wall podcast and you can find all of those links in addition to some other content on SeanO'RourkeLive.com. So check us out there as well. And of course, again, thank you for listening. As I said, this has been episode 50 milestone episode uh we will be back next week with the live feed same wall time same wall place and remember wall fans no matter what you do no matter where you go no matter who you're with and no matter why you're doing it always always use common sense <laughs>